It's Thursday night. It's 8pm. It is the 8th of June and it's the Rangers AF podcast. Uh, sorry about the, the delay and that. Me and Wasp have had, what we, we call it, life issues. Uh, there's been a few life issues, mate. Few. Something like that. A few life issues. So uh, I, I'm, I'm your host, Snags, if you don't remember. Uh, Field Swindon podcaster on the old the old little thing down there. And uh, joining me tonight, of course, is the one and only Wasp. Good evening, Wasp. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Oh, mate, I can't, I can't tell you how, how good it feels to be back in the hot chair. And uh, you're in a new house, aren't you? I, I know, mate. I've no got my wee studio slash man room set up yet. It's looking pretty bare, mate. Back to the old, like, you know, prison was... But it's, we're getting there. It's mate. a work in progress, mate. It's a work That's in progress. It. Mate, all it needs is you in it. That's it. That's all it needs to brighten it up instantly. Do you know what I'm saying? You didn't need no. paint. You didn't need things on the walls. You just need you in there. Didn't need paint. I'm pretty sure we're doing this place, mate. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a wee bit. Maybe a wee bit. Anyway, thanks to everybody that's tuned in and uh, whichever medium you're using to watch us, please make sure you like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Oh, there's my boy, Ross there. Good to see you, buddy. Um, who else have we got in the chat? Is that Geo as well? I can see there. Geo, we have Bel- got Geo. The Belfast legend. We're chatting in voice note this morning as it happens. Can't reveal the nature of the discussion for GDPR reasons, but it was lovely. Let me just tell you that his accent is oh something else, especially when you're so- having a poo. I suppose we like voice notes when we're having a poo, don't we? No, no we don't, mate. <laughs> That's just sure you need to stop that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you love it. But anyway, on to more important matters, right? So we're obviously going to discuss uh, Rangers Football Club because that's what we do. It's kind of what the podcast is about. Uh, And we're going to do something you've probably seen about a thousand times already on other various podcasts, but no as good as this one, right? So we're going to do an end of season review. We'll keep it short and sharp because we didn't want to, you know, activate or trigger trauma. In fact, I should put along the wee banner at the bottom, like trauma warning or something like that. Do you know what I mean? A wee disclaimer. Um, so Wasp, right, we finished the season strong, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> strong, strong, right. strongish. Strongish. I mean, we've got 92 points, right? And that's only one point off of Celtic's total last season. So I suppose technically progress, but we were hindered somewhat, and we'll obviously get to those reasons very shortly. But just if I just come to you, mate, if you just give me uh some of your some of your best and worst moments. <laughs> Hey, pressure. Uh, some of the best moments, oof, uh, we're pretty we're scraping the barrel a wee bit. I think, you know, obviously qualifying for the Champions League, that was that was massive, mate. That was massive for mm-hmm. the club. Especially, you know, going away to Eindhoven and uh, nicking the win there. Um, and, you know, it all looked brilliant then. It looked great. We were buzzing. But it just kind of really went downhill through there, mate. Um <laughs> I, do you know what, mate? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump in there, right? Because I've, 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 I've got, I've got some thoughts on this, and I think like where, where the season started to derail was the two-two versus Hibs for me, like right back in August. Like, you know, obviously we had that embarrassing cup defeat to Hibs anyway, but that trauma was still there in the players' minds, and I think we sort of got a wee insight to the mental frailty that was starting to build at that point, right? And then we come up against Union San Gilois, or however the say it policies um but basically we lost two now to them and at that point i'm thinking this is a bad idea this champions league thing's a bad idea 
right? And then obviously we come back and get a win. And like you say, we had that we had that emphatic PSV win. And then we get drawn in the group stages with Ajax, Napoli, and Liverpool. And you think, do you know what? Maybe there's a wee chance that we'll finish respectably in this group. Fast forward to the end of it, and we've got a goal difference of minus 20, zero points, and everybody's crying and whatnot. Like, hit the eject button now, please. Please right. stop the season in its tracks. And I think for me, mate, that was that was kind of where the wheels fell off. I don't know if you would agree with that or no. No, no, I think you're spot on there, mate. Um, especially that, uh, I mind that, it's the 2-2 game at Easter Road you're talking about, where that started right. down, we went down to like nine men. Um, I, I remember that, because eh, I was I was going to see Gaslight Anthem that day, so that kind of spoiled it when I was leaving for the train. But yeah, mate, that um, USG or whatever, they sound, they sound like a fancy butter, but you know, we actually turned them around at Ibrox, eh, which was, was good. Um, I'm pretty sure my stepbrother gave me tickets for that and then yeah PSV and you know the group it was probably one of the hardest groups we got in the Champions League mate you know like we were awfully optimist, uh, optimistic um, when it got drew because we're like oh we were in the, the Europa final and you know we kind of were like oh you know we could come out this group and Napoli went on to have the season of their lives you know they won the the Serie A for the first time in oh, I don't know how long. Um, Ajax, they just kind of fell off a cliff at the, the tail end of their season. And then, you know, then you've got uh, Liverpool, who narrowly missed out in the EPL. But it just shows the golfing class. Um, but, you know, I thought away in Napoli was a good performance, even though we got beat. It was a, you know, like Yomas had, I'm pretty sure he was our best player. Away to Anfield, we actually had a good game, um, you know, and then it was just, it's just the home ties, really. Eh? We were doing well against Napoli, but I felt like Napoli were in second gear all the time and they could turn it on when they want. So Aye. it was a tough, tough group, tough ask, man. Aye, and obviously, you know, it led to the fastest uh, hat-trick in Champions League history. Um, Mo Salah, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to remind you of this stuff. But, uh, you know, I've got the stats written down and it's, and it's paining me. It's paining me to read them out, uh, to be honest, because it feels like a dream, do you know what I mean? Or a nightmare, I suppose, um, in that regard. But, um, no, mate, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, teams teams toyed with us. And I think I think what we saw, you know, when we, when we had that come down from our Europa League final, um, appearance in the previous season, I think what we saw, and uh, you know, in front of us was the was the complete phasing out of the the Gerard Beale system and the complete bringing in of the Van Bronckhorst horseshoe, famous horseshoe, which you know ultimately killed us and the players' mentality because you know the structure of it, and for some of our players who were used to having free free attacking roles to then go into a more rigid you know winger type role and things like that, it just ruined everything. It was like you just got a big crane and was like, ah, yeah, name out of this. This is way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally, mate. I was I was actually speaking to Jeep the other day about this. Uh, we were heading wee back and forward um, about how it seemed like we've transitioned and actually Ross makes a few good points. Uh, Ross is one of my good mates. Um, the pre-season was massive. And it just, if the rumours are meant to be true, that it was mere ball playing stuff rather than fitness orientated, because we went from, you know, taking Braga to extra time, beating them, and then a few days later playing Celtic at Hamden, 
going to extra time and beating them and we looked a fitter team in the space of like three was it three days four days something like that yeah. and then we just you know when, once the kind of Champions League campaign ended we just looked absolutely done and I, I remind <laughs> Ross actually sought me out with tickets for the Ajax game at Ibrox and uh, just made, I just mind sitting there and it was like guy next to me who was just like our midfield's just getting tore apart by these young boys and then the combined age, it was something like crazy. It was like 75. It was like, who was it? It was uh, Scotty Arfield, Steve Davis. I can't remind who else, but it was like, what? 75? Somebody old. <laughs> yeah, somebody really old, eh? David Weir. But, <laughs> because... just, oh, mate, it was just, uh, it, was, it was a hard one. It, it was good. It was good being back in the Champions League, but then it just felt like, you know, the worst ever... Uh, Record in the Champions League, you know, the, the embarrassment uh, 7-1 to Liverpool, especially when we were leading. And I think the, the trifecta kind of changed, like a lot of big injuries. I thought we actually looked decent in that game. And then Conor Goldson got injured and then from there it just seemed to just go pear-shaped, man. Aye. Aye, no, no, you're right. And I think, um, you know, what Curry Munch was saying there, um, sucked the life out of the squad, and we never really recovered from it after he left. I would sort of semi-agree with that. I think, but but what we saw is is that you know when Van Bronckhorst came in, there was a a bit of a rejuvenation. You know, there was that kind of players getting on board with the new manager because they want to be successful, and then quickly realizing that was a massive mistake <laughs> and backpedaling. But we saw the backpedaling, you know, in the results and um, the state of the squad to come. You know, and it was it was it was horrible to watch. It was like watching a a car crash in slow motion. You know, when you just want to turn oh, it off. Totally, mate. I, like, I, I love Gio. I loved him as a player. I, I kind of was trying to see what he was doing, but at the same time, it was hard. And I just remember one day, I was like, I had a night out the night before, and I was hung over to death. And I was lying in my bed, like, just listening to his press conference on YouTube, but it was making my hangover worse. Because <laughs> he just wasn't... He, uh, he, he was going like... Sure? Uh, <laughs> it was like he, it was just like he wouldn't answer questions properly. It just goes the long way all the time. Mm. Like with Gerard, yeah. they had like a wee bit of bite against them, and now we've got Bill, and Bill just tells you everything. He's like, "Aye, aye, we're we're bringing in another goalkeeper." Like, oh, so I shouldn't have said that. Oh, headlines. <laughs> but he's just, but oh mate, aye, it was uh, the geo, the geo reign. It's a shame, man, because eh, he is a club legend and. Uh, Few, few of my friends in Rotterdam, they still, you know, regard Gio really highly, even though he kind of he kind of done the same style of play um, or lack of style of play at Feyenoord. And look, they've went he won the the league this season. They've done well in Europe, so you know it's it's a shame. But you you always be a club legend, man. Aye, absolutely, mate. And I think you know if we if we move on to to the to the Mick Beal evolution revolution whatever you want to call it you know there, there was there was a massive a massive change as soon as he came in and i think you know some of that was down to you know familiarity but i think also down to players instantly kind of regaining their confidence because they loved playing in that system um and it brought out the best in them do you know what i'm saying as much as it was yeah. slightly different now because obviously he, he went from coach to manager but you know you could argue that his role remained the exact same because under Gerard he did the exact same anyway but Gerard was just the manager do you know what I'm saying? I totally mate it's I think um, you know when Gerard was in charge and then we won 55 um, Rangers released uh, 
like a, a documentary film slash about that season and it was re- relentless and that's what we were doing mate we were turning run turning down the teams turning them over sorry like five nil four nil we were fit you know and if you weren't a part of that then you you were out the team essentially and you look at that now it was like you know you go through that high intensity that we created mate we were we've gone to benfica and like we're three one up away to benfica we were turning teams over and and, and then it just kind of just kind of got flat but that being said mate i was fully on board the deal train because it was he went and got some impressive results um he just seemed to keep winning but maybe it was just um you know, paper over the cracks a wee bit, and maybe the players didn't suit the system that he had in mind. He wanted maybe more like um, you know, naturally technical players in their positions. Where, but you know, he got us to a Europa League final, mate, and uh, like that was one of the best memories I'll ever have as as a Rangers fan. There, eh? you know, going to Seville and. You know, in the brink, and mate, we we nearly, we nearly done it. Like I was, <laughs> I was sitting watching the West Ham game last night, and uh, I just kept saying to Laura, I was like, oh, wish that was us. Eh? I really wish that was us. I wanted it so bad, snacks. Touching distance, mate. Touching uh, distance. It was, mate. It was. Special thanks to Ryan Kent and uh, Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> oh, man, Imagine if we didn't go for Aaron Ramsey and we went for Todd Cantwell instead. Denny, stop it. Oh, stop I this know. right now or I'm going to jack this podcast, mate. I'm telling you, that's that's uh, too far. Yeah. like it's too the, far. The Rangers multiverse has got to be mental, mate. Hey, I'm going to throw all these things. Hey, it's going to be bad. Hey, speaking of throwing stuff, right, I've got a question for you. We were talking earlier about players getting sent off, right? Right. Rangers got three red cards this season. Just three. Can you name the players that got them? Right. Uh, Morelos was definitely one. <laughs> that's a number, <laughs> That's a no-brainer. Uh, Lundstrom, because he mm-hmm. loves a red card. Correct. Uh, and I'm trying to think who else. Uh, three. Let me give you a clue. Give me a clue then. God bless America, baby. Oh, aye, it was Jimmy Sands. It was Jimmy Sands. You're right. Jimmy Sands. Three red cards. Beautiful. Mind him. I don't <laughs> remember him. Just, hashtag, just, hashtag City Group. I am mind well, Mate, it's just absolute madness that to think he was in our team last season and like you just, just oh, I mind he was in our team. I love this. This presses were born. Started talking yeah. to the missus again. It was that depressing. <laughs> oh, mate, it, was, it was that depression. It was that depression. I actually practiced doing an impression of him because it was comedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it's Ross Jameson. Correct. Aye. Oh, Ross has got some knowledge, mate. He, he, he's got knowledge in Rangers, like... Aye. Lundstrom was on the next pen. Stop it, Calvin. I've told you, we're going to we'll jack the podcast if you keep talking about that. That's it. Game over. Uh, see, see, Calvin says that, eh? But, like, was he? Was he the next penalty taker? I could remember, eh? Because I was trying to... I was trying to swallow I was trying to swallow my spit to keep hydrated in Seville, eh? Like, it was that bad, eh? <laughs> I couldn't even the try. you were. <laughs> had no tears uh, was that oh. dehydrated no tears Love it. <laughs> um, but I mean obviously you know you touched on uh, Todd Campbell and Nico Raskin obviously we've, we've talked about them to death and you know absolutely fantastic signings and a nice actually you know a nice flavour uh, of what's to come I think next season um, judging by the calibre um, of those particular players and you know for me 
I mean, they've both got their merits. You know, Todd Campbell's obviously been a massive, a massive standout because we've seen him grow into the jersey, but obviously make it um, unattainable for anybody else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I absolutely love that about him because he's worked great on the ball and he's worked great off the ball. Is exceptional. Um, and he's just a, a naturally gifted, talented player who's, you know, ultimately going to make us an absolute fortune when we uh, so. decide to decide to sell him. Um, but I mean, he's 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 probably my my, my major favourite moment of the season, out with obviously beating Celtic a few weeks back. But that was kind of less less uh, euphoric based on you know obviously the scenario that we were faced with. It was a it was a nice kind of a nice to have, you know, rather than a must have, if you like. But um, I think that for me was probably one of the biggest standouts. What about yourself? Aye, Todd, uh, Todd Canwell and Nico Raskin coming in, it was just like, it wasn't even like a, a short term fix. It was like, right, we're getting these guys in, we're just got to pay the money to get them in and, you know, we're got to go for it. And it's, it's worked in our uh, favour, man, because it was, I was reading something like the other day that, Cantwell hadn't scored a goal for like two years or something crazy. And you just think, like, one of my mates, he's an Orich fan. I was talking to him about it, and he's like, I can't believe we got ready Cantwell. Um, he's just had this friction with the manager. And it's it's funny you say that he works hard off the ball and like you know, he pressing, he's constantly talking. It's just like that was one of the things when he said he came and signed. I don't know where I'm getting branded lazy. And mate, for what I've seen, he's just been he's been dynamite. He's, he's been absolutely brilliant. And it's it's good because he wants to come in, reignite his career. And if he does that well for Rangers, the fans are going to love him, which they already do, man. And uh, same with Nico Raskin, he's just came in and he's just like, right, no, this is this is how we we are Rangers, we're going to boss the games. Eh? So it, it gives everybody a like a kick up the arse as well, mate. It's that freshness. These guys have just came in. And they're like, no, nah, we're starting 11 players. We're not here to sit on the bench. We're not here to be fringe players. And you need to look, right, Ryan Kent, classic example, attacking uh, attacking player. Cantwell's like, probably got better numbers than him when he came in halfway through the season. You know, he's, he's probably Correct. got more goal, goals and assists. And then, you know, like that, hopefully the people who's got to remain here or in next season, it's like, Right, Yanis Hadji, for example, he's got to be here next season. He's like, right, Cantwell, Kenny plays in a similar position to me. Like, I need to get, I need to start producing there. Same with Alex Lowry, um, and whoever else we can bring in that hybrid number ten position. So, yeah, it's interesting, mate. And same, like I've said this for so long, we've had a semi semi midfield three: Davis, Jack, Lundstrom. It's side to side. It's no penetrating. Raskin wants to play forward passes. He wants to get in tackling. He's just, uh, he's brilliant, mate. It's, and he, he's got a bit of bite about him as well. He's even, he's he's quite a smallish guy, but he's just wanting to get in there. And I love it, mate. Eh? So hopefully that's um, that's like the players, the kind of attributes we're looking for going forward. Aye, agreed. It's it, it is essential, and I think you know when you were talking about the Cantwell Norwich story there. It got me thinking, like, you know, some some managers are, are, are guilty of putting, you know, the ego first before the players. And I think they, you know, they'll naturally single somebody out that they that, that, that they just don't like. And I think, you know, obviously Cantwell was a, was a product of that. But it reminded me a lot of um, Leandro Trossard, you know, at Brighton, when their new manager came in, didn't like him. And he ended up getting frozen out and going to Arsenal when arguably his numbers were ridiculous at that point. 
Um, it just didn't make any sense. Do you know what I mean? So I think um, their loss is our absolute massive gain because I think we paid something like 1.5 million or something like that for him. Um, and I think, you know, if he does uh, leave Rangers at some point, we're looking north of 40, 50 million, I would say. Oof, you know, he's that kind nice. of player. I think so. I think he's got yeah. that potential. And, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm, you know, an unrealistic Rangers fan. I'm saying that because I've, I watched him when he played for Norwich in the Premier League and he's that kind of player. Um, you know, clubs will be will be absolutely smashing the doors down for him and know your back doors. <laughs> one nil. Uh, see that um that curry muncher uh comment that was just up there if we'd have, uh, if we'd have won uh, the final, do you think it would have seen a follow form from the players? Do you know what? I actually think it would have been worse. I think it would have been worse because they would have had that delusion of um, eliteness, do you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think you know those those wee results towards the end, Gerard leaving Hibs and things like that would have done more damage. I think you know that would be my prediction. I don't think um, I don't think uh, they would have done as well in inverted commas as they did do. <clears throat> What's your thoughts? Uh, uh, that's an interesting question. Actually, it's uh, it is. Makes you it's, think. In the, it's in the Rangers multiverse for sure, man. Um, I don't know because we would have went into pot one for the Champions League, which would have had, you know, we would still be a small fish in a big pond essentially. But it would have, I don't know, maybe, maybe that the players would have had more money, you know, attract big players. I don't know, mate. It's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I've not really thought about that actually. But I, I, could, and, and you know, you make a good point there because I wasn't thinking about you know the the impact to club finances and bonuses and things like that. I was just thinking about you know just just the players' mentality as such. But that's an interesting quandary because you know, like you say, it could have changed the transfer strategy. It could have changed what's what's happened now. Do you know what I mean? You just don't know. I suppose there's all those possibilities there. Uh, but I think for me, you know, if we were just to put it as a laid down rail railway track, you know, this is the this is where we're going and this is where we're going to end up. You know, how do I think it would have worked out? I, I would have said that it likely would have affected the players in a more negative way. I possibly, mate, and I, I don't think even if we had won the Europa League, I still think like Bassey, Patterson, Aribo would have still moved on for like a fresh challenge. I think we moved them on at the right times um, where the, the five the five that have just kind of left at the end of this season, um, you know, two in particular, it's kind of been like, it's a crying shame that we lost out in like a big windfall on them. So, Aye, good point. So so moving on then, mate, let's talk about um, the transfers, right? So obviously what, what we've had coming in and what we've had going out. So obviously, as we know, like you say, the five that have gone, McGregor, Halanda, we should have dedicated this podcast to him. Had like black backgrounds and that, you know, like sad music and all that. Uh, Ryan Ken, obviously Alfredo Morelos and the boy, Scotty, Scotty Arfield. The Bloody saddest boy. departure in oh, Rangers history, sure. mate. Honestly, I was I was near greeting when uh, I found out we wanted to keeping him on for another year because I thought we might offer him another year. Um, He's right behind but, you as well. I know he is. He's saluting you. <laughs> whispering me, he is whispering. Snags, I miss you. I, I'm no, I know, mate. Stop it. I can hear you. <laughs> That's why I've got one one of the cans after so I can listen to you whispering him in my ear. Um, so I mate, obviously, I, I was going to ask you if you're happy with him, but I know one of them in particular tugs at your heartstrings. But what's your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's um, I think 
see see McGregor. He should have left last season on a high. It's quite it's quite um, it's quite it's quite disappointing how he's kind of you know left Rangers, especially like getting what was that ninety fourth minute equaliser at Ibrox. Um, you know, on a high, singing his heart out to the fans, lifting the Scottish Cup. I thought that that was it, and then. It's just kind of it's like a kind of sad decline in McGregor really this season. Um, he wasn't the number one at the start, and then it's just kind of it's aye, it's it's just a shame really. Holanda, I think it was it was a smart move by the club on on his on his days Rangers best defender by far. <laughs> I'll debate with anybody that says otherwise because he was, a, he was a fantastic. He was a threat in the air. He, he just read the game. It was just these mad injuries and I don't know what's actually happening at Rangers because look at this season the injuries we've got Ross mentioned um Lawrence he, he's been out he was like a, a standout at the start Massive. Yilma, like just that injury list alone was like madness mate eh? and um so it's it's quite sad but you know you need to like take your heart out of the situation with Hollander and hopefully you know that, but that's a lot of experience we're losing as well, Snags, eh? All five of the Aye. players, European experience, tight winning experience. Scott Arfield is, yeah, he, he was a hard one, eh? Because Arfield, total professional, just didn't moan about it. And got on with it, knew he was, could be a bit, bit part player. You know, it's, uh, aye. Aye. We've had that comment already. Put it away. What are you doing just randomly clicking stuff, you mad bugger? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, mate. Just, so, like, stop it or I'll chuck you off. It's the, mul- <laughs> it's, just... the mul- it's the multiverse, mate. It's the multiverse. It is. But no, I, I, I kind of disagree with some of the comments that you've made there. And I think as well, like, what's what's important is we've, is we've kept a good backbone in that squad. Um, You know, obviously, you mentioned the European experience and stuff like that. You've got Goldson, Jack, you know, Lundstrom, players like that, that, that you know, know, know that system um, and kind of, um, you know, will technically keep keep that chemistry alive um and obviously you know it bodes well bodes well for next season um what, for sure can i can i ask you what you think about um, the club the club um seeing stephen davis to to use recover for his injury which Beautiful. I thought, uh, it's, it's quite nice, yeah. i would suggest you know reading reading between the lines of what McBeal says it sounds a lot like they're going to retain him in a coaching capacity anyway which is brilliant for everybody that, 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 that's what I mean, mate. These guys uphold the standards, the Rangers. Um, yeah. And and that's what you want, because um, ho- hopefully by what, what I've been reading the last couple of days, uh, Kevin Thompson comes back to Rangers. So that would be it. I can hear like, a bit funny with him. But, mate, he knows the standards of the club. Eh? He's, he talks to these youngsters. He's like, well, you're not going to do that in the first team, so you're not going to do it in the B team. If you want to get to the first team, this is how you need to play. This is how you need to act. You need to wear a suit. It's um, it's good, mate. Aye, aye, it is. And you can't, you know, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. That you know, having that kind of resource to hand, um, as much as it pains me to say it. <laughs> oh, I love Kevin Thompson. My I know mother. you do. I know you do. Anyway, moving on. So uh, let's talk about the transfers in. Then, so obviously we had uh, Kieran Dowell sign. For, uh, free from Norwich, uh, 25 year old. He was at Everton Youth who signed a senior contract in 2014 for Everton. He's been on loan to Forest, Sheffield United, 
uh, in Wigan before he made his permanent transfer at Norwich in 2020. He's won the Under-20 World Cup, so he's a World Cup champion already. Uh, English second-tier champion and two times winner of the Under-21 Premier League title. He's an attacking midfielder by trade, and he's a player that I'm very excited about because when we were in the mixer for him, I know Todd Campbell spoke very highly of him. Um, and obviously Mick Beale did as well. Uh, so it was nice to get that one over the line. What's your thoughts on that? Aye, it's, it seems like a good signing through what I've read. Uh, same again, mate. I've been talking to my mate who's a massive Canaries fan. and He's he's told me good things. Um, really skillful player. Kind of similar to Cantwell. Um, and if, you know, he, he dedicates himself, buys all in, he'll, he'll do well for Rangers. And, you know, I think there's there's a theme going with the transfers here. Either the players who um, Bill knows through working in certain circles, and then they've got a point to prove. Either they've been just they've got baggage, or managers have just labelled them, and he wants them to come back here. He wants them right. I'm going to give you the platform where unbelievable support uh, the club can offer European football. It's up to you. If you if you want to go back down the road to, and play for like EPL teams or a championship team or you want to get a big transfer, that's up to you. There's the platform to do it. And it works in everybody's favour, mate. Cantwell comes back firing all cylinders and we sell him for 40 million or whatever. You know, that, that benefits everybody, eh? Because he's doing well for Rangers. So I'm kind of hoping that's the same. Um, with um, Kieran Dill, um, he just... He just He's been unlucky because my friend was saying Norwich City's just been it's just been one fire after the other and uh, managers relegations injuries and it's just yeah. there's been no consistency so here's hoping mate because we need to add more goals for the midfield. Agreed, agreed, and I think um, you know he's somebody that that will challenge. Uh, players like uh, Matondo, for example, who I found it's contracted till 2026. That's a depressing thought, is it, no way? Well, I don't know, mate. Yeah, like, I, I hope, hope the boy turns good. Yeah. I do, actually. He, under, yeah, I do. He, he, he understands, you know, the levels of this club. And, like, you know, he kind of had a strongish end to the season. Um, see, if you, like, if you rewind to the start of this season, we were playing West Ham. Everybody once once he tore West Ham apart, everybody was like he was the guy that everybody was excited about, and for whatever reason, it's just not worked out. But then Raskin played against him in in uh, Belgium and rates him highly. And he says, you know, he doesn't know why it's not worked out for him, but he he's got to kind of push him to get to that level because he was adding Aye. crazy numbers, mate. Eh? Crazy numbers. And, and 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 I think if you if you if you microanalyze it right, you know we're looking at a similar thing that's you know happened uh, happened to Ryan Kent in the Van Bronco system. You know he got boxed, um, and I think you know he struggled to recover from it, and he and he almost you know and and just it kind of ties in with what you know what what Bob, Bob the Snob Scotland has said. You know happy happy that Alfredo's away, and I think you know to a certain extent Kent as well because in that system when it's you know. Chipping, chipping your confidence away, it affects how you perform on the pitch, but also in training, and that you know that trickles down in the team. And I think particularly where Kent and Morelos are concerned, I think there was almost a bit of a a, a toxicity breeding there, you know, in terms of their attitude and application. And I think you know that potentially could have affected players around them. You know, there's no there's no doubt in how strong that is when it sets in. Um, and I think you know. 
um, in terms of you know Matondo's development. You know, like you say, he had a stronger end to the season, and I feel that you know having the right people around him to help push his development on might make a massive change to what we see um, on the field uh, next season. So I, you know, there's there's awesome. a there's a a bit of optimism there. Hopefully, this uh, is you know this this is his chance now uh, uh, to yeah. show what he's what he's made. Of. I, I'm not writing him off just yet, mate. Like again, people just you know proud of you. Uh, but uh, he's he, like he obviously got a big transfer fee. He, he was playing at Schalke. Obviously, I think they got relegated this season. But yeah, he, he's he like there is something about him. Um, he's he's shown in glimpses. I has he made mistakes? Of course, he's made mistakes. But he's a young laddie. Um, when he was through one on one at Ross County to kill the game off, and he just you know a terrible choice and. It was the same, mate. It was basically like Ahmed Diallo square it to Sakala. Yeah. Uh, he's he's done exactly the same as that. So people are kind of saying, "Oh, it's just another Diallo." But now I'm I'm kind of hoping. And like you said, we were getting too predictable with Kent and Morelos. Kent was either cutting in all the time and Barisic overlap. Morelos was like coming deep, playing some down, playing it wide for the cross, and then you know, like even like. Morelos' finishing wasn't he up to much, mate. It was like straight at the keeper or these yeah. kind of snapshots he done. And, uh, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I like, I'm thankful what he done. He gave us some amazing memories and scored some amazing goals, mate. Is it? He's our European top goal scorer. Eh? That's not going to be sniffed at, but no, uh, it's it's time for a change, freshen it up. At the time we needed uh, Morelos and Kent. Now it's time to look at the future and build on that, man. Like. Tom Lawrence coming into that as well. I mind the PSV game. I've spoke about hundreds of times on here. You know, he was in kind of in the triangular shape of between uh, Kent and Barisic, and rather than this overlap they seem to be doing all the time, he was mixing it up, and the team didn't know where they were going. So it would be good to hear players like that, all these kind of attacking options now coming back. Come on. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mate. <laughs> That is exciting. And speaking of attack, attacking options, technically he's a right back. So, you, uh, Dujon Sterling, uh, 23 years old. Again, another free from uh, Chelsea Youth. Previous loans at Stoke, Blackpool, Wigan, and Coventry. He is an English FA Cup winner, actual senior squad FA Cup winner, two times UEFA Youth League winner, European under 19 champion with uh, England Shire, and uh, English Youth League winner. Um, and I don't know if you know this about him. Uh, not not a lot of people know this, but back in 2020, he picked up a, a rare and serious illness which affected his movement and mobility. Got rushed to hospital and was told that it could it could be the end of his career. Um, emergency treatment that he received worked, but he was told that his recovery might mean that he was never able to kick a ball again. And do you know what he did, mate? Do you know what he did? You he dropped off the ra- he, he dropped off the radar, mate, and went to live in the Chelsea physio room. And I'm and I'm not joking you. Like he literally got rid of his phone, everything, so that he could just focus on getting back to playing football. And then he reappeared in 2021 with a loan to Blackpool, and then Stoke to regain his levels. And we've managed to snap him up on a free. So we are part of that journey back to awesomeness, uh, which is which is pretty good. I'm quite I love excited that, about that. It's a great great story. Is that Marley Beans? Yes. Hey, Marley Beans. Then I... I'll shut the door for you. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye you better. Shut that door. <laughs> That's busy. 
<laughs> no, mate, I love that um, that mentality. I didn't know that he just stayed in the physio room. That's 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 a pretty cool story. It must have been some serious, something serious, mate. If it Crazy. was uh, career ending, you know. But no, I love that mentality. That's that's the mentality we want. You know, he's he's you he, he want to come up here, prove a point, and he looks like a unit, a lad, mate. Eh? So I'm excited to see him out, out the free. That have signed. I'm excited. I love a defender, mate. You know this. So, I do. <laughs> so hopefully somebody that... to actually challenge Tav as well would, you know, it'll be nice. Um, and I think you know he's the he's the guy to do it. And like you say, I'm, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see him in action. Um, then, mate, we've gone and signed Jack Butland, and I know you're too, you're you're not too excited about this. Obviously, he was on loan to Manchester United. Uh, and then obviously went back to Palace and Palace have, have given him to us. He's 30 years old, which is young for a goalkeeper, let's be honest here. Um, <laughs> looking at you, Alan McGregor. Um, but for me, right, so so I watched Jack Jack Butlin play when he was at Palace and he was in my fantasy Premier League team because he was one of the best reaction save keepers in the league at the time. He was absolutely amassing points, bonus points. Um, and I thought, you know what, this guy has got a future. And then he drops off the radar. He got he got frozen out of the team and he's no played um, a full competitive season since, I think it was 2018, I think that was. So it's a long time that he's been bench warming. Um, so I think, and, and you and I have had like a wee kind of side chat about this and I think, you know, how it will work come the start of the season. I mean, he's undoubtedly he's going to be number one, right? But I think McCrory will start the season number one and then, he'll, you know, Butland will get phased in. Um, but I've but I've got high hopes for him, mate. I've I, you know compared to um, McLaughlin, I think you know he's going to be night and day. Um, that's my thoughts on it. I'm quite excited about him. What's yours? He's he's literally ten the number one jersey snags. <laughs> Aye, I know, but I'm just telling you what I think. All right, that's what, that's what this podcast for. Aye, he's he's just like no, I'm number one, so he's ten the jersey. He needs to earn it now. But the, the, like, have you heard any any murmurings what's happening with John McLaughlin? Is, I take it he's just he, he's going to be sold, or is his contract expired? Oh, is it mutual consent? I think is so. It? I think oh, so. Naughty. Well, I wouldn't say mutual consent, but I would say we're, we're obviously <laughs> looking to offload. Well, we're, we're looking to oh, offload. Just go. No, you can't keep that jersey. Leave it. <laughs> I've got it. That pink one. It's upstairs. I will get to snags. He's the first third choice goalkeeper. You're the Andy. <laughs> You're the Andy Firth Rangers now, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm 42. I'm I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that mate, I I think I agree with what you're saying. It'll, um, he, he's no come up here to obviously sit on the bench. He's he's got a fair bit of experience. Um, I mind he was he was like tipped to be the next big thing. He was the goalkeeper for Team GB at the Olympics. He's I mean, he's, he's been at some like you know decent sized clubs. Hey, <laughs> you've done this already. <laughs> so it's um, screen time. That's it. Um, but nah, he's. I don't. It doesn't wow me, but you know, it's another. It's the same mold. He's he's getting these players that have kind of just burnt out down in England. They've got a reputation for being injury prone. No working hard, lazy, you know, and he's he's giving them that platform. So hopefully, hopefully it benefits man, eh? Because um I I like McCrory. I don't think he done actually a lot wrong in the tail end of the season. People forget he was he was out for the majority of the season. Then Beals obviously kept an eye on him um for his previous stint. 
knew what he's all about. And mate, he's he's only like conceded one goal and how many starts for Rangers now? And he looks assured, mate. And he's a big laddie as well, mate. I met him at Edinburgh. Yeah, oh, he's massive. Put him in goals. That's what I said. So I, I, I think did he get something like eight clean sheets or something like that? I think in his in his season last season, something like that. But I, I mean, mate, to be honest, like I, I spoke about this on the Battle Fever podcast, and I think for me, where his uh, readiness comes into question, I think you know, it's it's without doubt that he performs well in the big games, right? Because we've seen him against Celtic, and he's and he's had great performances where he's been switched on. He's um, made made saves at the right moment. He's commanded his box at the right moment. Um, he's you know his distribution has been good, but then you see his performance against Hibs, for example, and he's making some poor decisions in terms of his position, you know, his positional awareness um, and things like that. And and you just think to yourself, you know, is he is he a big game player? Or is he going to be a consistently good goalkeeper? And I think in terms of his development, he needs to look at that latter, you know, um, choice there because um, that's undoubtedly what's going to make him a fantastic Rangers goalkeeper uh, versus oh. one that's just a bench warmer, which you know could happen if he doesn't do that. But to count counter act that or whatever the phrase, <laughs> counter's uh, fine. Counter. counter that argument, snags. Um, it basically, like, I know what you're saying. Like, everybody's thrown up this Hibs performance. Um, he, like, but it's see, at the same, t- see, at the same time, he wasn't, um, he was, he was doing all these small firefighting. You know, McGregor wasn't coming for these, like, I maybe he got away with it a wee bit, like, you know, flapping for crosses, but it was like taking players by surprise or just enough to get the ball out. It was like constantly be firefighting. Where you look at that Celtic game, mate, that save um, with the boys clean through that Jack, that's an unbelievable Aye. save. And he's coming yep. for the ball. Even when he slipped and he made his sell big to, you know, close the angle, that, that that's class goalkeeping, mate. Eh? So, Agreed. you know, I'm, you know, after one game and we're all, you know, it's small firefighting. I like, it didn't look comfortable, but, mate, he's, he's, he's got to grow into the role and, Obviously, like we 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 turn about for the Hearts game to give McGregor a send off, and like we were doing one 0 by like three minutes or something. So um, I don't know, mate. I think the defense get more relaxed as well because they know he's got to come. He's a bit more agile. Aye, I like McCrory, mate. Eh? Like I think Aye, and you he... could and you could argue as well, mate, that you know the season was done at that point anyway. So you know Aye. mistakes are going to creep in, right? So maybe Aye. we are being a bit unfair to him. Aye, but the, the season's done, well, yeah. Snags, but 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 he but he's got a point to prove as well. Of course. He, he, he said he signed a contract extension knowing that McGregor signed another year. Yeah. And you know, like so he's obviously been to somewhere down the line there. No, like it's got to be you and Butlin fighting it out. So he 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 knew weeks ago it was gotta be Butlin, eh? Like he said, of course his, he did. his press conference, eh? So and he knows Butlin's near slouch and you know, I, I hope we get to that point where it's too, it's got to create a debate like this where you're at your work, you're on the podcast, you're, getting, you're in the pub or whatever. It's like, no, no, Butlin should be number one. No, McCrory. So I kind of hope we get to that point because then both of them are doing well, man. Eh? Aye, agreed, mate. And um, uh, Alan McGregor. Sorry, mate. It's the Alan McGregor, Neil Alexander, or her again. Eh? That, was, Aye. that was a good time, mate. That was a good time. It was a good time. I mind I met Neil Alexander in uh, the supermarket in Inverness 
he had a he had a good selection of groceries in his basket. I'll just say that. Um, so <laughs> so speaking, so we could talk about rumors all night, like and we're already be, we're, you know, we've already done forty five minutes. So I'll keep this short, and I'll I'll keep it to the one that looks the most likely at the minute, which is Cyril Cyril Dessers. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Who's the twenty eight year old Nigerian striker? Um, reportedly, we're getting him on a three and a half million pound deal. He has won the Belgian Cup and he's won top goal scorer twice. Um, currently in uh, playing in the Serie A, he's made twenty six appearances, scored six goals and two assists, which isn't really lighting up your fire. But um, if I tell you that the majority of those goals were scored coming off the bench, it might give you an idea of where we're going next. Which is he's missed ten games this season with a foot problem. Um, he's got recurring muscle injuries uh, since he ruptured his knee ligaments in 2019, which is a concern, I would say, Wasp. Um, you know, it, it, it's sort of, when you when you, when you look at that, I'm sort of thinking, Kamara, but hopefully not as bad. Not as bad as that, but, you know, in terms of where he is now, he's obviously coming off the back of his recovery from said foot problem. So hopefully um, that is that is it. And you would hope that Rangers have done the done their due diligence before uh, signing said player. But you know that aside, mate, it's it's nice to get somebody of that experience to you know replace um, our departing uh, Buffalo, if you like. I like. Um, I think it would be a coup. Actually, I hope he's no another Kamara. Uh, but I uh, <laughs> just I you know he's scored a fair whack in Serie A for you mm. know a club club that I wouldn't say you would pick in the top six, maybe even no top ten. So no. Um so that's something not to shy away with it. And so I it would be it'd be interesting. Like my trust is in Beal mate. He's he's got to bring in these players that he's scouted, he knows he's got like a like connections in the South American market as well for his time at San Paulo. Yeah. You know, I, I'm 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 excited what he's got to produce. You know, these kind of hybrid players that are not just number nines, number tens, and that you know, Cantwell esque. They can play all over the front line, which you know screams to me that we're got to be like they know what a kind of cool interchanging attacking play. So, you know, I you know if he's if he's if we're definitely in for him, that would I would be on board for it, mate. Same, mate. Same. Very exciting. Let us know your thoughts in the chat of uh, what we've discussed tonight. Um, what's your what's your seasons? In fact, let us know your season's expectations. What's your next season's expectations, Wasp? What do you want us to do? Treble and uh, a good good run in Europe to the latter stages. A Champions League. Last Aye. 16. Is that what you Quar- want? Quarterfinals, mate. Cool. Well, 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 I would I would say I would say like domestic treble. And uh, you know, maybe no finishing last in the Champions League group would be, you know, sufficient um, sufficient progress for me. Um, but but you know, in all seriousness, I think I think as well. There's there's been some rumours about um, a, a Super League or something like that with uh, teams that have um, won the most coefficient points in their countries. Um, playing in like a tournament thing next season. I don't know which could apparently net Rangers fifty million pounds. I mean, I don't Oof. know how. I don't know how true this is because um, I, I found it on uh, Football Insider, which is you know regularly a not awesome. a very uh, good source of, of 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 any information really. To be honest, never mind football. Uh, so uh, it sounded good, but you know the proof no. will be in the pudding. 
but I mean, certainly, I I mean, for me, my 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 season, I expect it. I mean, I mean, just win the league. You know what I mean? Just win the league, please. Aye, exactly, mate. We need to we need to win that league back. It's you know, it's it's quite it's quite depressing actually looking at the um, looking at the table and just being aye. That's that's true, Steve. Being competitive for nine which I think has got to come back, mate. Eh? We're just going. I've got a feeling, but just winning that title, mate. Because eh? you look at the season we won fifty five. We should have won, went on to win the treble that season. We'd, we we were our own worst enemies in the cup. So I think um, you know just just getting that back because see if you just look at like the last fifteen years, mate. It's no good. <laughs> I, I know, John. Wrong. John, mate, if you go back to the start of the podcast, we sort of semi-explain it without going into too much detail. But basically, life happened, right? Aye, uh, Snags is pregnant. Oh, spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> I need to change my my, my wee bio thing now. Um, but but I mean, no, you know, I mean, Stephen touched on it there to to be competitive for well, just just for every game because you know some games last longer than ninety minutes. Hashtag just saying, you know. What I'm, I don't know what I say. Ninety minutes, you can just finish it, lads. You know, I mean, never mind the extra time and that. That's fine. Um, but, but no, you know, absolutely, we 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 need to be consistent. You know, that's that's key. Um, and I, you know, I've not been excited about a season since Gerard came in, actually. So I think you know this this season for me has got um, kind of you know shades shades of that going on. Aye, it's um, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of change coming into, into the playing squad. There's a lot of change happening in boardroom level, um, which is quite exciting. And obviously, you know, don't want to talk too much about them, but they've they're needing to appoint a manager. So, you know, the, the time is to be ruthless a bit. So what's that you're drinking there, mate? Uh some call it diluting juice. Right, but see, in an England shire, mate, we call it squash. <laughs> squash. <laughs> you know, do, do you know what's funny, right? Just to just to fight, just to add to and close off your comment because we didn't talk about that that team on this podcast. But yeah. They've got a preseason tour in Japan and Korea. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, uh, move, <laughs> moving on, mate. Let's let's talk about uh, preseason friendlies because we've got two confirmed just now, which uh, which are, are are big ticket items. They are big ticket items. Uh, July eighteenth, we've got Newcastle, uh, where it's Alan McGregor's testimonial. And I don't know if you know this, but Rangers are going to donate a percentage of the fees from said game to a charity of Alan McGregor's choice, uh, which is absolutely outstanding, and I love that. Um, and then on July the twentieth, we've got uh, a friendly against our German counterparts, Hamburger SV, a team that we forged links with in the nineteen seventies before we were all born, um, which is which is amazing. Das das ist gut. Das ist my Lieblings. Yeah, was? <laughs> Wie geht's Ihnen? Yeah, also good. Yeah. Uh, yes, so I, I'm buzzing for those, and obviously we'll no doubt have a couple more, and there'll be a tournament chucked in there at some point. I'm sure. Um, but, but what's your thoughts on those two fixtures coming in already? I mate, um, <laughs> go. Um, that is go, good, mate. That is good patter, by the way. That is, is very good patter. You should be on a podcast, Ross. Ross is a top lad, mate. He's, he's part as good. Can confirm. Um, Newcastle won. I um, basically my guy for the last trips a big Jordy, so he was uh, he was white. Uh, I have way. Uh, I'm sick of hearing him saying like. 
oh, just Newcastle. He's actually getting to the point now where I'm starting to hate the tune a wee bit. But then I meet some other guys that I work with are Newcastle fans and they restore my love again. But I, it'll be good, mate. It'll be a good test again, just like we had um, West Ham. Newcastle probably been one of the outstanding out, of, out with Man City. They've been really good to watch, man, really good. So it'll be a good test and good for McGregor as well. Eh? It's like we're, it's a good level of the opponent. So aye, it'll be good. Unfortunately, I'm missing that, which he's gotten. But um, the ham, ham, the, I don't know, mate. The Hamburg one, um, Kenny got they're missing that as well um, because it would have been good to go to that. Eh? They've got a strong connection with Rangers. I didn't know about that. Um, obviously, I knew we went back, but um, it would be good to see them at Ibrox, their fans, and just like you know, a big party supporting two two pals, you know. Um, aye. But but aye, um, good test, mate. I know they are they're staying in Bundesliga too. They never seem to overcome Stuttgart in the two legs there, which is a shame. But seem to have been doing there for a while. But another good opponent, mate. I just don't think you get really any bad bad teams in Germany. They're all usually pretty solid. So another good test. Um, test, but aye, um, Ross makes a point as well. They're got to start trialing the safe standing at both these uh, friendlies. Um, to get the atmosphere um, back to the days of old, not just putting the corner at the Brimland front, which um, you know is uh, is good. You like all the tifos and all the pyrotechnics and all the uh, the fan atmosphere during these European nights. Um, that's it will be good to kind of incorporate that um, going forward. And I believe that James Bisgrove, he's he's been actually in talks. With the fan groups, no, it's not just for the Union Bears, you know. Um, the Brimland Collective, they're just trying to game game numbers, and it's not just it's a, a multitude of different fan groups, so um, they're trying to grow their numbers, and then hopefully it just makes a better atmosphere at Ibrox, you know. Um, so I'm up for that. Ross is a big supporter of that, um, you know, yeah. that, that, that's what that's what you want, um, safe standing, so. Yeah, he's he's sent me links and that that if you want to sign up for that, it's it's definitely up for it. You get a free scarf as well, which is a very nice scarf, I must admit. Do you know it'd be it. cool, right? Do you know um I think would be really cool would be if we gave uh hamburger SV half of the half of the stadium. Huh? And we and we have the other half. I think that'd be proper cool. Um and then and, and then do safe standing. Like everybody, fuck it, let's 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 go wild, you know what I mean? Well, make, it been, the, make it the biggest trial in in the history of the earth. The, the, there's been uh, there's been nights where I've been at Ibrox and I've not been in like the Brumlin or that, and you're just standing anyway, man. So you're standing for yeah. the full game because it's just oh, it's one of these games. So you know, as as long as it's safe and it's done right, and you know, some of the the atmospheres during that Europa League run, you know, it's just it was unbelievable, and the the. That's the board. They they realise that. I think now that Douglas Park and um, Stuart Robertson have kind of left, you know, I think Bisgrove's quite smart with his marketing campaign and that, and he realised that as an asset, and it, it does. It gets everybody going, and I am all for it, man. Yeah, is um, but yeah, it would it would be cool. <laughs> Half a stadium with Hamburg, and uh, aye, but you know. It would be good to get the, you know, the full capacity of all firm games back. I think that needs to happen, mate. I think we're just diluting our game. It's like tip for tap. I know we didn't want to really get 
get into that. But see, see the Hamden games. It was just the atmosphere was better. It was a good. It was good advert for Scottish football way eh? because the amount of English guys I work with, they're just like, oh, that's tin pot. You're not letting any of them in. And we're like, I would not let them in because we didn't like them. Boo! <laughs> and then, and then, aye, exactly, mate. And it's just it's as much as. Wins. As much as we didn't like them, and that it does, it's we're just we're our, we're our own worst enemies, mate. We're just can what this get back to full capacity, and uh, aye. it's aye. detrimental to the Scottish football brand that is already shite everywhere else. Aye. You know what I mean? So um, we we need to rein it in a wee bit, unfortunately. Um, but I think um, we're in fifty six minutes, wasp. So that seems to me like a good point for us to end this podcast. But before we do. I would like you to shout somebody out, even if you've not got any shout-outs, just pick somebody. Uh, I'll shout out my mate Graham. I actually met his missus the day uh, before the school run. Uh, I've not seen him in a, in a while. Um, so uh, he was getting his haircut. So shout-out to Swanee. And uh, shout-out to Ross in the chat and the boys on the Deep Energy Loyal. They're top lads. Uh, keep me amused. Ah, it's on the Deep Energy Loyal. Um, I'd like to give a... A shout out to Maggie and Stephen who come in as well tonight, which is Brilliant. it's great to see them and and to everybody else that's joined us joined us as well for our first podcast I think since October or <laughs> something like that. Uh, so apologies for that, but we do uh, we do plan to increase the frequency uh, of these said podcasts now that obviously me and Wasp are uh, well sort of on the cusp of our uh, life changing things that are happening that we kind of talk about. So uh, I. <laughs> that, that ends. Oh, one last shout out. Shout out to my optician for Monday. Eh? Oft. Oft. <laughs> I can't believe you've done that, man. She's an avid subscriber. Eh? I can't I've, got to tell, I've got to tell you now that, you know, no, when you go, no, you when can't. You, just quickly. <laughs> No, when you go get lying. your eyes tested, right? You expect, you expect, you know, you've got a vision in your head about what's to come. You know what I mean? You've got the old guy or the old wifey coming out, smelling Please it, stop, off man. buzz, you know, <laughs> and the door opened and I, 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 I thought I was in a dream and I, and I was, I'm still in a dream. Can't believe it happened. Anyway, so shout out to my optician uh, and I've shout got new glasses, obviously. We shout out to Jeep. He's lying in his truck, and it's uh, apparently like an oven because it's lovely in old Scotia. Or he's in. England. I love that boy. And shout out to Drugs and Jody wherever they are as well. <laughs> Indeed, God bless America, baby. And with that, I'll say thanks to everybody that's that's tuned in, listened, and watched. Please make sure you like and subscribe. Subscribe. Can I speak now? Uh, no use to this seat. And uh, we'll catch you hopefully in a couple of weeks, I suppose. Maybe uh, four, we'll see. Four, four months. We'll see you again in four months. <laughs> see you in four months. I've been Snags, he's been Wasp, and we've been the Rangers AF podcast. See you later. Cheerio.